Amen. If you have a Bible, go to the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 13 of that Gospel. We're going to continue our study from last week on hearing the voice of God. Si trajo su Biblia, vamos a ir a San Mateo, capítulo 13, verso 18. Y vamos a continuar a nuestro estudio sobre oyendo la voz de Dios. I gave you some homework last week. Les di una tarea la semana pasada. And uh, I asked you to write down three things you needed to hear from God about this week. Uh, les pedí que escribieran tres cosas de las cuales querían oír la voz de Dios uh, sobre ese tema esta semana. How many of you heard from God this week? Yes, amen. ¿Cuántos oyeron de Dios esta semana? Praise God. Was it good? Yeah, did it put some fire in your stove? Yeah, God's word uh, brings life. And um, if, if you didn't have the opportunity to do that, I encourage you to do that because God is always speaking. It's like the radio. It's always, the radio is always on until we have to turn it on, right? The wave is always there. God is always speaking. Dios está siempre hablando, pero es como la radio, tengo que... Prender la radio para afinar nuestro oído a, esa, a ese canal, así también. Para oír a Dios se requieren cuatro cosas. What are four things we need in order to have a listening heart? You remember? Attention, humility, time, and quiet. All right, sometimes those are hard to come by, but you have to make time. You have to make some quiet you have to humble yourself and uh, give God your attention. When we do that, he will speak. I'm going to go to a very well-known portion of Scripture tonight, but I want us to dig into it a little more than normally we would, and uh, we're going to keep our Bibles open to this passage. If you have brought a pen, uh, keep it handy because we're going to mark some things in our Bibles tonight. Uh, vamos a estudiar este pasaje. Detalladamente, Mateo capítulo 13, verso 18. Esta es una porción muy bien reconocida, pero que requiere nuestro estudio minucioso esta noche. Uh, because this is the parable of the sower. Esta es la parábola del sembrador. And um, there is a well-known, we pretty much have all probably have heard this parable. And maybe not related it to what we're going to talk about tonight. So I want you to keep a listening heart and a listening ear for that. And we're going to begin at Matthew 13, verse 18. It reads, Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what he had sown in his heart. This is the one on whom seed was sown beside the road. The one on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Then he has a firm, he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction and persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. And the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word, and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. 
And the one on whom seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Can you bow your heads with me and pray? Father, we thank you for your word tonight, that it is living and powerful, able to bring life and understanding to our hearts. We bow our hearts in humility before you. We give you our attention. We quiet our spirit that you might speak to us from this, your holy, inspired, and perfect word. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. How many of you believe that God still speaks? Say amen. amen. How many of you believe that you can hear from God? Amen. ¿Cuántos creen que pueden oír de Dios? Yes, the Bible says, you know this now, my sheep hear my voice. And that is a promise, and it is the truth. Jesús dijo, mis ovejas oyen mi voz. Esta uh, frase nos da la promesa de que si somos parte de la familia de Dios, vamos a oír la voz de Dios. If we're part of the family of God, then we have the assurance that we're going to hear the voice of God. Now, the parable of the sower tonight, the parable of the soils, is about... Hearing the voice of God. Esta parábola de las, de el sembrador, la parábola de los, de las, del terreno, es una parábola de oír la voz de Dios. I want you to notice with me, if you have your Bible open, keep it open. Verse 19, it says, when anyone does what? Hears. When anyone hears. Dice el verso 19, cuando alguno Oye o escucha. So just underline the word hears there in that, uh, in that place. Uh, escriba, subraya ahí la palabra oír or oye. What are we talking about then? We're talking about the hearing. Estamos hablando de el oír. So Jesus relates this parable to our ability to hear the voice of God. Jesús relata esta parábola a la habilidad del hombre de oír. So the, the emphasis of this parable is on our ability to hear. Now, el énfasis de esta parábola es sobre nuestra habilidad de oír. Go to verse 20, by al verso 20. It says, the one on whom seed was sown on the rocky place, this is the man who does what? Hears. So underline the word hears there in that verse. Now go to verse 22. Ahora verso 22. The one on whom seed was sown among the thorns. This is the man who does what? Hears. So underline hears there in your Bible. Now verse 23. The one on whom seed was sown in the good soil. This is the man who does what? Hears. Four times Jesus is talking about what? Hearing. So what's he talking about? Hearing the voice of God, the word of God. Cuatro veces, ahí vemos que Jesús se refiere al hombre que oye la palabra de Dios. So the question then becomes, what kind of hearing do we have? ¿Qué clase de oído tenemos? Are we Hearing the voice of God, is it bearing fruit in our life? Estamos oyendo la voz de Dios y está produciendo fe en nuestra vida. 
Often you would think that if someone heard from God, that that would automatically seal the deal, right? Uh, usted cree, quizá, si creemos, si Dios habla, eso es todo. But the reality is some people hear from God, but don't bear any fruit from it. A veces personas oyen de Dios, pero no tienen fruto de haber oído la voz de Dios, porque no obran. En ese entendimiento. So I want us to look at these four types of soils, or four types of ears for tonight. And we're going to see uh, what we can do in order to have a good listening heart. Vamos a ver cuatro clases de oído y ver qué es lo que podemos hacer para tener un buen oído hacia la voz y la palabra de Dios. So back up to verse 19. Vamos a regresarnos al verso 19. Are you ready? It says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away. Aquí dice la escritura, cuando uno oye la palabra del reino y no la entiende, el enemigo viene y se la roba. So here's the, the first kind of ear is the, the ear that does not understand. El primer oído es el oído que no Entiende. This is someone who hears but doesn't understand. Esta es una persona que oye pero no entiende. How many of you know there's a great difference between hearing and understanding? ¿Cuántos saben que hay una diferencia entre el oír y el entender? Si yo oigo que usted dice a una palabra que yo no conozco, yo oí la palabra pero no la entiendo. If I, uh, if I use a word that you're not familiar with, you heard the word. That doesn't mean you understand it. Right? And so, this first type of hearing is someone who does not understand. El primer oído es uno que no entiende. And oftentimes, this is a very basic uh, for, uh, for us to understand. Oftentimes, people hear the word of God. And many times believers hear the voice of God, but they do not understand. Maybe they don't understand because they didn't know it was his voice. They thought it was a, a thought. They thought it was an impression or an, a notion. They didn't know they were hearing from God. A veces no entendemos porque no entendemos que estamos oyendo la voz de Dios. You know, in America, we've given God a, another name. We call him something. Something told me. Estados Unidos decimos mucho, algo me dijo. But really, it's not something. It's someone. No es algo, es alguien. When something tells you, go check on the kids. Right? And you go and you find them in trouble, in, in a bit of trouble. It wasn't something. It was the Holy Spirit speaking. A veces usted siente que algo le dice, ve a ver qué están haciendo los niños. Si usted va y los encuentra que están envueltos en un problema que quizá les pueda dañar, usted no oyó de algo, oyó de alguien. La voz del Espíritu Santo, the voice of the Holy Spirit, oftentimes will come. And if we don't discern his voice, we don't know, Uh, we're not listening for him, then we miss uh, the opportunity and don't understand. Uh, another reason sometimes we don't understand is because we just don't understand. A veces no entendemos simplemente porque no entendemos. God says something that doesn't make sense to our natural man. 
A veces Dios habla de una forma que no tiene significado o no, no puede entender nuestro hombre natural. Now here's what I was thinking as I was preparing uh, this, uh, this talk tonight. If I don't believe God punishes us for not getting it. I think God is gracious. He's compassionate. He's merciful. So I don't think God punishes us for not understanding. You, you should say amen. Okay. Yo creo que Dios es compasivo. Y al estudiar esto, yo pienso, Señor, ¿será que tú no, uh, uh, que, que, um, tú no eres justo y, y no te gusta a alguien que no entiende? Yo te conozco mejor que eso. I know God is a teacher. The Holy Spirit is the best teacher you'll ever have. And uh, Jesus said, I'm going to send you. The Holy Spirit is going to teach you all things. So the Holy Spirit is a teacher. That means that God doesn't uh, throw away people who don't understand. Dios no tira al lado las personas que no entienden. Um, but I want to ask you, uh, uh, to be honest tonight, how many of you have ever heard something you did not understand? Just half of you. The rest of you are brilliant. Wow. Uh, let's try that again. How many of you have ever heard something you did not understand? Yeah, every one of us. And did you find that the Holy Spirit was willing to teach you? Yes. So what are we to draw from this? Because he says that the first type of hearer heard the word, they didn't understand it. And that seed was wasted on them. Why? Because uh, when you don't understand something, what should you do? Ask. ¿Qué debes hacer cuando no entiendes algo? Buscar, entender. If I want, if I don't understand something, what do I need to do? I need to seek understanding. Tell your neighbor, seek understanding. That is one of the most valuable uh, life skills you and I will ever have is the ability to be teachable. La habilidad de ser una persona que puede ser enseñada es la habilidad más importante de la vida. If you become unteachable, your life is not going to go very far. Si usted no tiene el deseo de crecer, de aprender su vida, no va a llegar muy lejos. Go to the book of Proverbs, if you would. Vaya al libro de Proverbios, por, por favor. Chapter 2, Proverbios capítulo 2, y el verso 2. Al cinco, Proverbs 2, verse 2 through 5. Did you bring your Bibles tonight? Amen. Proverbios 2, capítulo 2, verso 2 al 5. It says, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your voice to what? Understanding. What is God doing there? He's inviting me. To understand. ¿Qué está haciendo Dios aquí? Me está invitando a entender. Look at what he tells us. How should we do this? He says, if you seek her as silver and search for her as a hidden treasure, then you will discern the fear of God and discover the knowledge of God. Let me tell you, friends, this is what God is seeking. He's seeking hearers who, when they don't understand, will seek understanding like they would a hidden treasure. El que tiene oído, que no entiende, Dios le dice, mira, 
ponte a buscar como alguien que busca un tesoro escondido. And God's word is a treasure for those who will seek it out. La palabra de Dios es un tesoro para todo aquel que busca. If you will dig into the word of God, you will not come up empty-handed. I promise you that. Si usted se pone a escarbar en la palabra de Dios, usted no va a salir um, con las manos vacías. So what is the what is the type of heart we need to have? The kind that looks for wisdom and understanding the way that someone looks for a hidden treasure. Turn the whole place around. Buscar como algo, como un tesoro escondido. And when you and I have that, when that mentality, cuando tenemos esa mentalidad, Señor, tú me has hablado, no entiendo exactamente lo que eso quiere decir, pero yo te voy a buscar más. Voy a buscar tu palabra. Voy a afinar mi oído para estar bien en lo que tú me estás enseñando. Usted no se va a quedar en el mismo nivel. When you hear from God and you make up your mind, God, I didn't understand this. I didn't get it. But I'm going to seek understanding until I get it. I'm going to seek understanding. I promise you, you will not stay at the same level in your spiritual walk. You will grow. Usted va a crecer. You can't help but grow if you have a desire to learn and to understand. Si usted tiene un deseo para crecer, usted va a seguir creciendo. I read uh, this past week in the book about uh, George Washington Carver. Yo estudié o leí de un hombre llamado George Washington Carver. He was uh, a uh, former slave who had become a a great scientist. Fue un uh, uh, científico que salió de la esclavitud aquí en Estados Unidos. And he prayed one day and he asked God to unlock for him the, uh, the wisdom of the universe. Dijo, Señor, quiero que me des la llave para abrir, entender el universo. How many of you pray prayers that big? No, we should. That's a good prayer. You know what? He said God told him, that's too big for you to understand the universe. Dios le dijo, es muy, muy, muy grande el universo para que tú lo entiendas. He said, but I'm going to give you wisdom to unlock the peanut. Dijo, te voy a dar la sabiduría para... Um, para entender el cacahuate. You'd think to me, puros cacahuates, right? You're thinking peanuts. Who wants to understand peanuts? But George Washington Carver found 300 different uses, including plastic, came from his discoveries of what could be drawn out of one single plant, the peanut. Más de 300 cosas George Washington Carver descubrió cuando él comenzó a estudiar y Dios le abrió el entendimiento hasta el, el plástico que usted y yo usamos vino de ese entendimiento de los elementos que están en el cacahuate. So, uh, when you decide to understand something, God will show you. And the next time you're eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you think about that man heard God's voice. Ese hombre oyó a Dios. And, and, and I don't know if you and I have found 300 uses for anything. 
But if you will say, Lord, I want to understand. I'll give you some examples. You say, God, I want to understand relationships. You start searching God's word. What does God's word say about marriage? What does God's word say about raising children? What does God's word say about uh, uh, mixed, blended families? What does God's word say about friendships? You will not stay at the same level. Si usted dice, Señor, yo quiero entender tu palabra sobre este tema, sobre las relaciones. Si usted comienza a estudiar el matrimonio o las amistades o cómo tener una, una familia que es, uh, uh, tiene diferentes personas de diferentes familias. Eso usted lo va a poder entender al buscar entendimiento de la palabra de Dios. Listen, guys, God has not allowed anything to come into your life that he will not give you understanding for if you seek it. Dios no ha permitido que nada entre a tu vida sin que él te dé uh, el entendimiento para esa cosa si tú lo buscas. So the, the, the opportunity we miss is when we say, I don't understand it, and we walk away. Cuando no entendemos y lo dejamos ahí solo, ahí ya hemos perdido una oportunidad. All right, so go real quick to Psalm 119, verse 130. Ahora el Salmo 119, verso 130. Psalm 119, verse 130, and it reads, The unfolding of your words give light, it gives understanding, to the simple. Dice, la entrada de tu palabra trae vida, trae luz, perdón, y da entendimiento. Esa es la promesa de Dios. That's God's promise for you. When you are in a, a, a need or a matter where you want to grow in your life, whether it be relationships, as I mentioned, or maybe it's finances, or maybe it is uh, understanding the peanut, whatever it is, if you will get God's word... And start to dissect the word of God. God will speak. God will grow your heart. But there has to be a desire on our part to hear and understand. That means we have to ask questions sometimes. God, how do I do this? How do I go about it? What do I do? Tenemos que hacer preguntas. Señor, ¿cómo lo hago? ¿Qué hago en esta situación? All right, then let's go on to the next type of hearing. Vamos a ver otra clase de oído. This is now verse 20. The one on whom the seed was sown on rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. We're back in Matthew, Matthew 13. Ya regresamos a Mateo 13. Verse 21, yet he has no firm root in himself, but it is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arise because of the word, immediately he falls away. Right, the first kind of hearing is the kind that has no understanding. The second kind of hearing is the kind that has no root. Uh, el segundo oído es aquel que no tiene raíces, has no root. He says... Uh, that this person hears the word with, uh, and receives it with joy. Esa primer persona, uh, o esta segunda persona, oye la palabra 
y la recibe con gozo. How many of you have found out that when God speaks, joy is the byproduct? Cuando Dios habla, el gozo es el producto. I can tell when you have gotten a word from God. You're smiling. Yo sé cuando usted ha oído de Dios porque viene sonriente. One word from God can put a smile on your face. Una palabra de Dios puede poner una sonrisa en nuestro rostro. But the problem isn't the receiving of the word. Because most of us uh, who've gotten past this first hearing uh, are, are getting some understanding. But we receive the word with gladness. Este recibe la palabra y la palabra produce gozo. The word produces joy. The voice of God produces joy. La voz de Dios produce gozo, pero el problema es que no hay raíz. There's no root system in this hearer, and therefore the word does not profit. Porque no hay raíz, entonces la palabra no puede tener su efecto. I want you to notice something here that's very important. You, you probably have noticed this in life, but this is the proof of it right here in the Bible. Yet he has no root in himself, but it only it is only temporary when affliction or persecution arise because of the word. Let, let me ask you a question. Why does persecution and affliction arise? Let me hear everybody. You can see it there? Affliction and persecution arise. Why? Because of the word. You read it there? I want you to see it with your own eyes. Underline it if you need to. Highlight it. Circle it. Put a star next to it. Because this is the most important thing you can, you can take from tonight. Aquí está lo más importante. Dice que la aflicción y la persecución viene por qué? Por causa de la palabra. Wait a minute. I thought the word was supposed to get rid of that stuff in my life. Yo pensé que la palabra iba a um, deshacer esas cosas en mi vida. Here's what I want you to know. That there is an enemy assigned to sabotage your word from God. Hay un enemigo que tiene su asignación a destruir o atacar la palabra que tú tienes de parte de Dios. Listen, saints, the word has an enemy. La palabra tiene un enemigo. When the enemy came into the Garden of Eden, what did he ask Eve? Has God said? What did he attack? God's word. Jesus, uh, when he was baptized in the Jordan, the Bible said that the voice was heard out of heaven. It said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then he goes into the wilderness. And what is Satan's line of attack? If you are the son of God, what is he attacking? God's word. The word has an enemy. La palabra tiene un enemigo. And I, I, I know that many of you have experienced this. You come to church and you get the word and you leave it with a smile on your face. But you forget there's an enemy out there ready to sabotage the word. And sometimes before you even left the parking lot, you already lost the joy. 
A veces recibe la palabra usted en el, en el mensaje y va con gozo y alegría y sale a, a, antes de salir del parqueo de, de la iglesia ya perdió el gozo. Is it that the word was not good? Or that it didn't come from God? No. What was it? The enemy has an assignment on that word. Sabotage it. El enemigo tiene una asignación para esa palabra. La voy a destruir antes que llegue a tener raíz y estar enraigada en su corazón. This is why many of us, all we have from God are prophetic words that have not come to pass yet. You say, well, when is God going to fulfill his word? And God is saying to you, when are you going to get some roots? Estamos diciendo, ¿cuándo se va a cumplir la palabra de Dios en mi vida? Y él dice, ¿cuándo vas a tener raíz? Porque esa palabra, tú la tienes que defender. You have to defend that word against the enemy. So you need to know that. You need to have that clear in your mind. When God speaks, you can always guarantee that the enemy is going to come to try to steal the word. Siempre cuando Dios habla, el enemigo va a venir a querer robarte la palabra. Have you ever gotten a word from God? Say amen with gusto. Yeah. And has that, has that word ever been discouraged in your life? Yes. How long did it take? Not too long. Okay, so what do we have to do? We need to get some roots. ¿Qué tenemos que hacer entonces? Es tener raíz en la palabra. Go to the book of Colossians. Va al libro de Colosenses, capítulo 2. That's in the New Testament, little tiny letter. Colossians. Colosenses, capítulo 2, Colossians, chapter 2. Say that tonight. I need roots. Have you ever tried to pull up a rooted tree? I've seen tractors have to pull out a rooted tree. So when you get a word from God, you have a root system, the devil can put every tractor he's got on it. It's not coming up. Come on, somebody say amen. God's word, when it takes root in your heart, you know this is not pastor's vision. This is not, um, uh, this is not something I heard, something I, I, I hope happens, something somebody else told me. This is my word. When it's rooted in your heart, nothing can take it from you. All right, Colossians chapter 2. Verse 6, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted, and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. All right, four things right here that are going to help our roots become strong. Cuatro cosas aquí que ayudan a nuestra raíces ser fuerte. The first one, just underline there, receive Jesus Christ. How many of you have received Jesus Christ? That is the key to having spiritual roots. If you don't receive Christ, you don't have the tree, you don't have the roots, you don't have anything. Jesus is the whole system. El primer 
paso para tener raíces es recibir a Jesucristo. Si usted no lo ha recibido, no va a tener raíz, no va a tener árbol, ni las hojas va a tener. What do you do after you receive Jesus Christ? So walk in him. Underline that. Walk in him. Ahora dice, ha recibido a Jesucristo, ahora camina en él. Walk in him. Walk out your salvation in relationship with God. El caminar en él es tener relación con él. Relationship with God produces roots in our life. Listen, if the only time someone thinks about God is Sunday morning between uh, 10 a.m. and 11.30, they're not going to have roots in their life. You need to have a relationship with God every day. Tenemos que tener relación con Dios todos los días. Because that relationship produces roots. Esa relación produce raíces en nuestra vida. The people who get blown away quickly are people who have not had relationship with God. Las personas que son arrebatadas por el viento no tienen relación con Dios. Listen, I have seen people who have uh, been in the, the hospital dying of cancer who bless God and people who have a headache curse God. How is it possible that someone who is dying of cancer can bless the Lord? I'll tell you how it's possible. They have roots. They know that God is real whether or not they have cancer. They know that God is real whether or not they can walk, whether or not they got the, the, the breakthrough in their finances, whether or not any of those things happen. They know God is God. He's real in my life. And that develops roots. So you got to get into that relationship with God. Having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith. So underline that word established in your faith. How do you get established in your faith? Right there. Just as you were what? Instructed. Or taught. So how do you get established in your faith? You need to be taught the word of God. Just as you were instructed. Ahora tenemos esta raíz y somos establecidos en nuestra fe como hemos sido instruidos. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. So you need to hear the word of God taught. Tenemos que oír la palabra de Dios enseñada. That will establish your faith. Esa palabra establece nuestra fe. You know what the Lord said to the nation of Israel? I have given you line upon line and precept upon precept. Dice el Señor que le dio a Israel línea sobre línea y precepto sobre precepto. What was he doing? He was in, instructing them, teaching them. Les estaba instruyendo, les estaba enseñando para que tuvieran una fe establecida so they could have an, a, an established faith. And then there's one more thing here. So we've seen three so far. What are they? Receive Christ, walk with him, and have your faith established through the teaching of the word. One more. Uh, uno más aquí. It says, and overflowing with what? Gratitude or thankfulness. Uh, y sobreabundando en qué? La gratitud. Underline that word gratitude. Did you know that gratitude produces roots in your life? 
La gratitud produce raíces en nuestra vida. Why? Because when you and I start thanking God, we start reminding ourselves of all the ways God has been faithful. That starts to build up our faith system. Cuando le damos gracias a Dios, nuestra raíz se comienza a afirmar. Porque podemos decir, Dios ha hecho estas cosas en mi vida. Y si Él hizo esto, también va a ser aquello. It, gratitude helps us to realize that if God did this, God can do that. So you need to have a grateful spirit. Tenemos que tener un espíritu de gratitud, not just every day. I mean, not just every Thanksgiving, but every day. No solamente en Día de Acción de Gracias, pero todos los días. Do you have a thankful heart? What's the opposite of Thanksgiving? Complaining. ¿Cuál es lo opuesto al dar gracias? El renegar. Some of us are good at it, right? Algunos estamos expertos a renegar. Have you ever heard people complain? A veces la gente reniega hasta para lo que le dan. Sometimes people complain even about free stuff. You would think if there's any day to be grateful, it's the day when they gave you something for free. But people complain about everything. Renegamos sobre todo. And what does is, what is complaining do? Complaining causes you to forget the things that God has done. It makes your attitude bitter toward God and your faith begins to uh, decrease. El renegar produce una fe que comienza a menguar. So you need to thank God. If that Black Friday line was long, then just thank him that you were able to afford that stuff. And if you didn't go shopping, thanking, thank him like I did, that you didn't have to stand in any lines. If you ate too much pie for Thanksgiving, thank him that you had pie. And if you didn't get any pie, thank him that he gave you the willpower not to eat any pie. In everything, give thanks. Because when you're thanking God, your roots are growing deeper. Cuando agradecemos a Dios, nuestras raíces comienzan a crecer. Comienzan a, a estarse establecidas y eso produce un corazón en el cual ya la palabra puede tomar efecto. That kind of heart receives the word with joy. And because there's a root system, that word is not easily taken. Esa palabra no es fácilmente robada porque ahora yo la recibo y está la he recibida en un corazón que tiene raíces en Dios. So don't get don't be surprised when afflictions and persecutions arise because of the word. The word will produce that kind of effect. The enemy is going to attack the word of God in your life. What do you do as a result? You get into relationship with God, you thank God for the things he's done in your life and you press forward toward the word that God has spoken into your life. Somebody say amen. When that doesn't, when that isn't present, the Bible says he falls away immediately. Right. So when the word comes, 
Look out for the birds trying to steal your word. You have to treasure it in your heart. And with a rooted heart, you can uh, begin to see the, the, the blessing of that word bearing fruit in your life. Verse 22, verse 22. The one on whom the seed was sown among thorns, this is the man who hears the word, and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So this is the kind of hearer that is like thorns. Esta clase de, este clase de oído, verso 22, es como aquel que es esa semilla que es sembrada entre los espinos. And he says this type of hearer doesn't produce any fruit because they start worrying and getting distracted by the things of this world. Este oído es distraído por las cosas de este mundo y la preocupación. Listen, church. Worry will always rob you of your fruit. Las preocupaciones siempre te roban de tu fruto. Jesus said it like this, and so I know it's true. He said, not one of you can add a single day to his life through worrying. You can't make your life any longer by worrying. Jesús dijo, nadie de ustedes puede añadir ni un solo día a su vida por la preocupación. So really, worry is a sin. La preocupación es un pecado porque está opuesto a la fe. Worry is against faith. Faith says God's got it. Worry says I need to have it. I need to handle it. I need to take care of this. And the other distraction is the, the deceitfulness of wealth. Otra distracción es el, el deseo de las riquezas. Is God against us being rich? No. God wants you to be blessed. I hope you know that. But often what happens, which robs us of the word of God, is that God will say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you um, this ministry in your life. And the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of riches, how am I going to make ends meet? How am I going to be able to accomplish this um, financially? How am I going to be able to do these things? It, it starts to push you away from the word that God has spoken to your heart. So you have to have a strong root system that knows God's going to take care of the money in my life. Say amen. amen. God's going to take care of the money in my life. And God's going to take care of the things I can't control in my life. And he's going to do it in his way and in his, uh, with his objectives. And he's going to do it for my good. So if you have a worrying heart, you need to leave it at the foot of the cross. My mother was all of 4'11". And she was a worrier. And I know she didn't grow any taller by worrying. 4'11". Mama never got any taller than that. You cannot save your kids by worrying. You cannot save your Finances by worrying. You cannot save your health by worrying. Are you listening? Only God can do those things. So don't let the, the thorns of worry choke out the word of God. 
So what do we need? Listen, verse 23. The one on whom the seed was sown on good soil, this is the man who does what? Who does what? Hears and does what? Understands. In whom, uh, in whom indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. So how do we need to be in our listening for the voice of God? We need to listen with understanding. That means we take a time, we take time, we give God our attention, we get quiet before him, and we seek to understand what he's saying. And then what does he do? He hears it, he understands it, and then he starts doing what God said. El que oye y quiere entender y se, se, se des, uh, aplica a entender luego qué tiene que hacer para tener fruto, tiene que actuar en lo que ha oído. He has to act upon what he has heard. If God says, I'm going to heal you, you have to act upon healing. Si Dios te dice, te voy a sanar, te he sanado, tienes que caminar en esa sanidad. If he says he's delivered you from an addiction, then guess what? You have to walk in that freedom. Si él te ha dado libertad de la adicción, tienes que caminar en eso. Act on it. If God said he's going to provide for you, then you act on that when you give your tithe and your offering. And you're acting upon your commitment or your con conviction that God is going to do what he says. The Bible tells us this, we all know. Faith without works is what? Dead. La fe sin obras es muerte. Está muerta. Many times we hear the voice of God, but, and we understand it, and we protect it, defend it, because we have roots, but we don't act upon it. Because we're very pious about it. We say, I'm waiting on God. Really, God's waiting on you. A veces oímos, entendemos, y uh, hay esa capacidad de, de tener raíces y recibemos la palabra, pero nunca vemos el fruto porque no actuamos. Y decimos, estoy esperando a Dios, pero Dios está esperando a ti. Que Tomes ese paso. It says, then indeed he bears fruit. El da fruto. El fruto no viene solo, sino se produce cuando usted y yo actuamos en nuestra fe. Our fruit is, uh, is born when we act upon our faith. And what kind of fruitfulness does someone have who hears God's voice? 30 60 and a hundredfold return. Let me ask you this. How many of you would like to have 30-fold return on every offering you ever gave? Just one of you. I'm not even going to ask you the next one. You don't even want the 30. How many of you would like 60? How many of you would like a hundredfold? What does a hundredfold mean? A hundred times. But you know really what this is saying is that when you obey God, God will give you 30, 60, and 100-fold 
on your obedience. Cuando, cuando usted obedece a Dios, oye la voz de Dios y la obedece, Dios dice, yo te voy a dar fruto, 30, 60 y hasta 100 por uno. What does that mean? That means God saying, I'm going to bless you for your obedience in a way that overwhelms. That's way above, in abundance. And it may not be financial. It may be uh, in your health. It may be in the lives of your children. However it comes, let it come. But God wants you to be a fruit-bearing hearer. Uno que oye uh, y da fruto lo que Dios quiere de nosotros. Y esto viene cuando oímos la palabra, la, la buscamos entender y, y tenemos la capacidad de tener raíces en Dios y luego actuamos en esa palabra. Dios dice, yo me voy a encargar de darte el fruto que tú quieres tener. Would you stand with me tonight? Vamos a ponernos en pie esta noche. How many of you need God to speak? Right where you are, just lift your hands and ask him, Lord, I'm asking you this week to speak to me. Maybe it's those same three things. Maybe it's three new things. Just put yourself in a place where God can speak. And if he spoke to you this week, then do something about it. Act on it. Just, just invite him to speak to your heart. Father, we invite you tonight to speak to our heart. We, we know that you still speak and that you still can be known by man. And tonight we say, speak, Lord. To every individual need, you have an individual answer. We want to bear fruit that shows that we are hearers of God. Now, if you would, just fill your mouth with thanksgiving. Just start thanking him. Let those roots go down deep tonight. Ahora llene su boca con alegría, con Agradecimiento a Dios. Just thank him from your heart. Dale gracias de tu corazón. Maybe you don't have all that you need, but you have come this far by faith. Thank him for what he's already done. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you that you still speak. Just still speak to the heart of man. Blessed be your name forever.